Good news, everybody. We have a new retort. Andy, can you tell us about it? It's been a couple of weeks, but we have a new one. So the Columbus Blue Jackets are, as we're recording this in Vancouver, where, of course, our friend John Tortorella used to be the head coach. Uh-huh. And you may remember when he was the head coach, there was an incident involving the Calgary Flames where a line brawl started at the start of the game. Uh, John Tortorella was not happy with the Calgary Flames putting out all their goons and fourth liners to start. So in the first intermission, he tried to get into the Calgary locker room and express his views. And it's, it's on camera. He's being uh, restrained by some players and some of the other staff. So now in Vancouver, since he was there, they have a partition they put in the hallway between the two locker rooms. So he's he posted a picture of himself standing in front of it, and he said, quote, is that the wall they put up because of me? <laughs> Maybe I should autograph it on the way out. And he's standing very proudly. He's, he's standing oh, there look looking look like at a that. proud papa in front of the wall that, that he caused the Canucks to put up to look avoid, at that smirk. To avoid trouble. Pretty good stuff. Uh that was a pretty funny fight because Kevin BX, the defenseman, uh, came out and took the face off, and uh, he got thrown out of the game. But afterwards, he put on Twitter, "No one's talking about the fact that I won that face off clean back." <laughs> <laughs> Sound of Hockey episode 29. It's the Felix Potvin episode, and I'm doing this. I'm calling it the Felix Pot. I know. I know. John's (laughs) looking at me kind of angrily, and it's appropriate for him to look at me like that because it was ruled in the last episode that because I had announced that it would be the Felix Potvin episode, I therefore couldn't use it. However, I just... Did we make that a rule? Is that John just making that up on the fly? No, because of Joe Thornton, remember? Yeah, precedent was set because he said it, and we're like, okay, now you can't use Jumbo Joe anymore. Who am I to argue with precedent? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But I I just couldn't resist because Felix Potvin was my favorite goalie as a kid. I absolutely loved him for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because he had a cool nickname, Felix the Cat, and he had great equipment, Goalie Gear Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Long time Maple Leaf, right? Yeah. I I also want to note that because now we're approaching episode 30, we're going to have a lot of opportunities for good goalies. Um, Opportunities doesn't mean we have to act on them. Yeah. Okay. Well, who are you going to come up with for number 31? That was a great forward or defenseman, John. Quick, off the top of your head, go. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to research. I'll have to workshop that. I hear the Jeopardy music music in my head. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, I am Darren Brown. I am uh, joined, of course, by Andy Ide. Hello, Andy. How's it going? I'm Andy Ide. Well, where can we find you on Twitter? At Andy Ide. Okay. And... And, of course, John Barr, founder of nhl to seattlecom Hello, John. Hello. We are recording on late on Sunday evening. so Super this, late. Yeah. And we have an enormous show for you today. We have, you're going to love this one, Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer at ESPN, uh, also the co-host of Puck Soup, which I'm sure many of you also listen to, and formerly of Puck Daddy. So he's a, he's a huge, huge hockey personality. Uh, very excited to have him on the show. You're going to love that interview, so stick around. Uh, but let's get into it. We didn't have a review again this week. I don't know what's going on here, team. We know you're out there. So, so get them out. We just need two more to get to 69. So, oh, nope. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Nice. Yeah, thank you. John just gave me the death stare there. We're off the rails already. Yes. Let's start with a WHL and update. To be clear, nobody's been drinking. Correct. No drinks. As far as week. I know. Yeah, we know. Of. Let's yeah. start with a WHL update from our WHL correspondent, Andy Ide. Andy? Well, the playoffs got going this past weekend. Uh, locally here, both Seattle and Everett were uh, in action. Everett hosting the Tri-City Americans in their first round series, and they took a 2 nothing lead. I know, John, you were one of those games. Uh, a little bit of a... Some consternation there, though, for the Silver Tips, even though they're up two games or nothing. But Connor Dewar did not play in game two. <gasps> Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Future, Wild prospect. Minnesota Wild player. 
or future Iowa Wild player. Maybe. Uh, suffered some sort of undisclosed injury. We're at that time of the year where WHL teams don't tell you boo about an injury, so mm-hmm. he didn't play. Uh, they still managed to get that win, though, 4-3 without him. So that, that series goes back to Kennewick, uh, I think, Wednesday and Thursday this week. Uh, Seattle was up in Vancouver to play the, the Giants, who were the top seed in the Western Conference. Uh, Seattle laid a big fat egg on Friday and got hammered 7-1, to and it was a pretty miserable uh, effort up and down the lineup. Uh, Nolan Volk and their captain told me it was embarrassing, and uh, he made up for that the next night, though. They came out and beat Vancouver 4-1, to and I'm pretty sure Nolan Volk had 20 hits. They don't count that, but that's my guesstimation. And he also had a goal and two assists, but I like the 20 hits. <laughs> <laughs> those, are, those are Cal Clutterbuck numbers. Yeah, right and, and he was he was annoying the the Giants. Uh, they have a defenseman whose last name is Hines. I forget his first name on top of my head. But there was ketchup. one. There was yeah, ketchup. I'm sure that's what they call him. <laughs> there was one shift though where Vulcan plastered him against the boards three different times on the same shift on the forecheck, and uh, so that's going on. And then the other big news, uh, not big news, but interesting news. Uh, there's a kid by the name of Matthew Savoy who you've was, mentioned him before. Yeah, on this podcast, so he is a, fe- a hockey phenom uh, from Alberta, and he was uh, he applied for exceptional status in the WHL which means he would be allowed to play as a 15-year-old next season in the league. So normally a 16 is the minimum. The WHL has never approved an exceptional status. The OHL has. Players like Connor McDavid got that. Jonathan Deveris got that because they were that good. So he was denied, and he announced that he uh, is going to now commit to the to go play at the University of Denver. There's some thought amongst WHL circles that this might be a little bit of a ploy for him. The he, he the timing of it, he announced that right after the season ended, right the day before the, the draft lottery, and Prince George uh, got the number one pick. There's no way he wants to play there, in my opinion, because ah. it's very, very far north. And I, I think is he the de facto <laughs> number one? Oh yeah, hands down, yeah, hands okay. down, he'll be the number one pick. So now it's going to be interesting to see does does he do does he say he's committed to go to college to maybe force some hands and maybe get someone like Prince George to avoid drafting him and then he wouldn't sign because he has this other option now. Um, does he is he going to hold out and try and try and dictate where he goes? It's going to be curious to see mm-hmm. what happens in, in the with the Bantam draft coming up in May. Does somebody take a shot at him later in the later rounds? And draft him and try and convince him to come. So, and how old is he? He's fourteen. Right, he'll be fifteen next year. <laughs> could, know, you could you that's imagine? Could you imagine that? Yeah, he's oh fifteen. He'll be fifteen next year. And I've not seen him play, but I but I've talked to uh, Seattle's first round pack pick draft pick last year. Uh, Kai Uchaz played against him all season, and then with him for Team Alberta in the winter games. And I was talking to him uh, a couple weeks ago, and he said the kids, everything you've read about him is he's that good. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, cool. it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But remember that name? He's, he's you know, he, they're right now already saying he's a number one pick. And I guess 2020-22 will be his draft year. They're already saying he's the number one overall pick then. They're already projecting that. Wait, out. wait, wait. Say that again? NHL draft 2022, I believe, is when he would be eligible for the Interesting. Very interesting. And they're already saying he, that he one could down. be the number yeah. one pick. Yeah. So yeah. if you're, it could be a potential uh, crap weasel. Crap weasel. Man, think of the things that Franchise have Franchise crap weasel. Go ahead and buy your jersey now. Put <laughs> yeah. his name on the back. Yeah. Exactly. What number? Playing like? I have no idea. 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hey, Rob Gronkowski retired today. I just related news. I saw news. that, yes. Yeah, related news. Okay, let's... <laughs> I just got why that's related speaking, news. Spe- <laughs> speaking of NCAA uh, uh, type of things, I guess, because you mentioned that uh, Savoy, let's see if you pronounce it. Savoy. Savoy. Matt Savoy. He's going to go play for DU. In other NCAA news, the uh, Women's Frozen Four happened this weekend. My Wisconsin Badgers took down the Minnesota Gophers, their hated border rival. Uh, it was a 2-0 victory. So that was the fifth NCAA title for uh, Mark Johnson, who I know, John, you've met him a few times. 
That's true. Okay. <laughs> Good story. Good name, story. Name, name dropper. Yep. Uh, yeah, their you last, dropped it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. drop anything. <laughs> their last title came in uh, 2011, so it has been a little bit of a gap. And uh, but Wisconsin and Minnesota have been those you know those great teams. I know that there's a couple of teams out east that have been uh, competing lately. Clarkson, they're back in it. So Minnesota and Wisconsin, both from the WCHA, right? Um, the top two teams in that uh, league this this season. I don't know if you saw it, but Ann Panikowski's Backhander, shorty backhander, top shelf, was so sick. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So that was for the second goal and kind of two-goal lead in a game like that that was played pretty tight. is pretty hard to overcome. Yeah. So um, that was pretty impressive. Like, it was a fun, fun game to watch. I didn't get to watch a lot of it, but um, because I was coaching – girls how to play hockey uh-huh. yep anyway it was on my radar for a while because the connection with mark and then also lexi bender mentioned uh molly donner played there as well and when lexi was at boston college i was kind of rooting for wisconsin even though i have a lot of friends from minnesota but uh it was kind of cool to see them win well as a badger i was quite pleased to see uh wisconsin take home another title that's right yeah. how'd the Other, basketball team do yeah not so hot we <laughs> We needed to have something you yeah. know, go our way there, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that was yeah. a good thing. In, in other women's hockey news, a good segue there, the CWHL had its final this past week, so uh, the Clarkson Cup has been awarded to whom, John? Uh, the Calgary Inferno. They beat the Les Canadiens of Montreal 5-2. Uh, very, very original name yeah. for that team, by the way. 5-2. Five, five the jerseys look almost identical, too. <laughs> it's a pretty high-scoring game and kind of a, a final 5-2, both both Calgary and Montreal were the dominant teams in the in the CWHL all season. Zoe Hickel had two goals in the championship games. She's wasn't like one of the top performers. She was like middle of the road as far as the team, but she's from Alaska, not wow. Canada. So that's kind of cool. Good on them. And one thing that was really cool is they actually put that game, they announced it like on Thursday that they were going to put it on NHL Network. Ah, yeah. right. I saw Which that. is sometimes the most frustrating thing with a lot of watching women's hockey in general is the accessibility, particularly for people out here. So the, it feels like that tide's a little turned a little bit this season. It seems like there's been more of it out there. I, I, I would say, I would no, I think you're right, but it's not much. Mm-hmm. And there's still a long way to go. Like, so the You can't the, just regularly sit down and watch a women's hockey. Either. No. Yeah. And, it, and it's tough to watch college hockey out here in general, yeah, even right, men's. The national title women's game was actually on Big Ten Network. Now, you can get Big Ten out here, but it's not like part of the regular expanded basic package mm-hmm. out right. here. So that is a little frustrating. It just so happens that even though they're – both in the WCHA, those two teams are generally considered, or those schools are considered Big Ten schools. So right. it makes sense in that area, but it's just really hard to watch those games. I just wish like ESPN would step up and get some of those games. So anyway, it's good to see it on the NHL Network, but like last week, the NWHL wasn't was on Twitter. Right. Yeah, right? that's true. <laughs> I, yeah, the, most the NWHL, they had like people commenting the whole time. So like that stuff would like, yeah, oh, and you're like, how do I turn that off? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all yeah. Up, yeah. So there you go. So 5-2 victory for Calgary Inferno. Uh, you just mentioned men's NCAA hockey. There's been some big news there. The, the tournament is, is right around the corner now, the NCAA tournament, which I personally love. That is something that you know I've watched very carefully over the years. So um, just to give you a little background, it's a 16-team field, so it's a lot smaller than the basketball field. It is you know, selected by a by a committee, kind of similarly to how they do the whatever the basketball tournament, I guess. There's automatic bids yeah, as there's, well, right? Exactly. Yep. There's automatic bids. So American International University got in because they won their conference tournaments, but that's not a team that you would normally expect to see in there. So they're in there. They're competing. So 
We'll see what happens. Uh, but the top seeds are St. Cloud State University, UMD. So that's uh, Minnesota Duluth. They're actually the defending champs. And then Minnesota State, Mankato, and UMass. So very interesting combo of schools there to be the top four. It's not the traditional powers that you normally see. And in fact, some of the teams that missed are, are Minnesota, Michigan, Boston College, Boston University, North Dakota, the types of Penn schools. State. Penn State. Those yeah. are all the big ones, right? The, the big, I mean, those are such classic hockey schools that are yeah. in it every so single year. The, so those Minnesota schools are all WCHA men's, uh, right? No, Minnesota State Mankato is. Uh, the other two, I believe, are NCHC. So okay. those were right. the two kind of spinoffs when they created the Big Ten conference. Okay. Okay. WCHA was the old conference, right? Because Minnesota, Wisconsin, North Dakota, they were all in the WCHA. But then Minnesota and Wisconsin went to the Big Ten, and NCHC and WCHA were like WCHA continued to live, but the teams became totally different. NCHC got created at that time. Yeah, so I'm excited for this. I, I have not spent too much time watching college hockey. I think we talked about during the World Juniors, but I'm excited to this year because of that practice we went to. And I'm going to root for Minnesota State because Mike Hastings was the coach of the USA World Juniors uh, team. And so we got to talk to him a few times or after practice to, during when they were here in Everett. So seemed like a good guy. So I'm rooting for him. I have no idea if they're good. And I also believe Minnesota State University might have been the fictional school that it was, was the show coach. So that's got some really good interest <laughs> there. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some other interesting topics though. So UMass, they haven't been in for I think 11 years I think wow. the last time they were in was 07 uh, this is only their second tournament appearance so they go in as a number one seed which is pretty impressive uh, they're la- they're led by Kale McCarr who he's a top five pick of the av- of the avalanche it sounds like he might win the Hobie Baker award for uh, Hobie Baker is given basically it's the MVP and then another one John I know you've been keeping your your eye on this one all year but ASU our, Arizona State is That's making right. its first appearance That's awesome as an independent, which uh, yes. is pretty rare in the tournament like that. So, yep. very uh, cool. So, really cool stuff. And their coach, by the way, is the same coach that was coaching their club team. Oh, nice. And he played for the club team. And that, now he, That is nuts. That's like, nuts. When you think about that, that is nuts. And this is a team yeah. that has – it's not in a conference. They're playing essentially in the middle of nowhere when you think about – where the other college hockey teams teams are, are, right? And they're playing in a rink that's like the size of one that we have here in Seattle. Like it's, it's like a thousand seats. If you ever look up any of their games, it is a small little rink that like you play men's league at. Like it's, it's crazy how small it is. So um, really cool story though. They're a really good team. Uh, An interesting note on them is that they haven't played because they don't have a conference. They haven't played a conference tournament, which uh, all these other teams right. have been playing. So they haven't played in like weeks. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. 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 So and really, it's, really it's one and done in this tournament, right? It yeah, is. Right. Yeah. It's not a best yeah. of anything. Okay. It goes quick. It ends with the Frozen Four, which I think is April 11th. It starts and it's like a Thursday, Saturday situation. And that so is cool TV. I've always tried to watch the championship game. Yeah. At least and those are, those are going to be on the ESPN networks. So I think yep. ESPNU. Yep. And... So I think that I think that most of the tournament is on ESPNU and then the Frozen Four is definitely on ESPN. So we definitely should have a sound of hockey podcast outing to watch the Frozen Four. I would agree. Yes, 100%. Uh, Michigan schools were shut out for the tournament for for only a second time since 1979. That's That's pretty big. Pretty crazy. And then Bowling Green Mm -hmm. is actually in the tournament for the first time in 29 years. Wow. Wow. Do you know what NHL GM went to Bowling Green? Wait, wait, I might know this. This is some good I've heard this somewhere. Current NHL GM? Yes. 
because he had a he had a buddy that also so, played in the NHL. So I'm not sure if silence is good for the podcast. No, it's not. I believe Kevin Bieksa played Bowling Green. That's who correct. We talked about, and I that believe Everett head coach Dennis Williams also played for Bowling Green. That I don't with, know. With Kevin, <laughs> with Kevin Bieksa. All right, who is it? It's George McPhee. George oh, McPhee. Who was his teammate? There was another guy that Golden Knights Las Vegas. I don't know. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to name somebody else. Oh, name drop. Famous him. goalie that we've talked about on this podcast for multiple reasons. We've talked about so many goalies. You're going to have to go back into the time machine, the sound of hockey time machine, the beginning of the season. <laughs> well, usually I blank out when Darius are talking about goalies. No, but somebody else talked about him. Dave Tippett's goalie. <laughs> yeah, what was yeah. his name? Mike Lewitt. Mike Lewitt. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So awesome. Bowling all, Green is... It all revolves around sound of hockey podcast. <laughs> that's right. It all comes full circle. <laughs> Man, outstanding. So, uh, other... Other famous alumni for Bowling Green. So I was just researching this. So we might as well share the rest. Yeah. Uh-huh. From the 1980 Olympic team was Ken Murrow and Mark Wells, uh-huh. who were also from Bowling Green. Okay. Cool. So what else can you tell me about uh, famous alumni from UMass? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> let's, go, let's go school by school, all yeah. 16. <laughs> Let's move into some NHL talk. So last week we did our kind of who's going to be in, who's going to be out thing, right, to try to figure out who the last team was. None of us gave gave any respect to Colorado, and look how quickly the tables have turned on that prediction because now Colorado is in. They've won, what is it, four of their last five with their most recent loss coming on Sunday, but that was in overtime, so they still got a point out of it. So now suddenly they have a two-point lead over Minnesota and Arizona. Uh, so Arizona, let's see, how many games do they have left? Six. Uh, I can't do math that six. fast. Okay, so 82 minus 76 is six. Okay, so everybody has six. <laughs> <laughs> that was the Zach Galifianakis gif again. There it was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Beautiful uh... mind. Um, so, yeah, so they all have six games left to play, but obviously, you know, two points to overcome, and there you go. I, I think it's safe to eliminate Chicago. Yep, I think so right. too. Even though I I picked them last week, well, and yeah, it's, it's not about. It's but just saying, it's a like, huge gap. It just is too big of a gap for them, and it's it's kind of crazy to think that Chicago's not in it because Patrick Kane is having perhaps his best his, best, his yeah. best season ever. He's over like, hundred points. Taves has got thirty five. Yeah, goals. he's got and one of his best it, scoring years. Debrinket's over thirty goals too. So. And they resurrected Dylan Strom's career yeah. too. It's, it's I know. amazing. I know. Uh, but anyway. resurrected that means it was alive to begin with. <laughs> oh. oh, they brought it to life. That's he's like, he's like twenty one years old. I know. So you're the one that said it was resurrected. Well, he was trending downward. Anyway, fascinating to see them get back on track, I guess, because they started out so hot. And then, and I'm talking about Colorado, they started so hot. And then they had just that weird dip where it seemed like teams figured out how to check their top line. Well, and, and Landeskog is still hurt. Right? Landeskog so is still hurt. One of, their big, one, of the, one of the big pieces of that exactly, top line. Exactly. So, so there you go. The other team we kind of wanted to talk about tonight, though, that we haven't talked about much recently is Vegas. So... Andy, you had you had noticed a little something interesting since the trade deadline on Vegas. Well, I watched a couple of their last couple of games, and they they blasted the Sharks in San Jose. Sorry, John. And then a couple of nights later, they did the same thing to Winnipeg. Two pretty good teams, and, and they just they were they they just blew them out. And they're yep. skating, they're fast, they're fun to watch. They look like the Vegas of last year. But we talked about them getting Mark Stone at the trade deadline, and so now they've got two really good lines, where maybe they only had one and a half last year. So since they got Mark Stone, they have a plus 23 goal differential, which is best in the NHL over that time period. Their record is 10-1-1, mm-hmm. one, and one, which I think Andy is pretty good. with the data. Impressive. Well, I have to admit, so I was a little mea culpa here. 
I was prepared to go research all this, and then I saw that NHL.com posted an article by Gary Lawless, who's the Vegas insider, had all, ah. this, all this stuff already done for me. Well, that's convenient. So, that's this, really is convenient. Where this is where I'm getting all this. Wow. Uh, so they have the best record since since the de- trade deadline. They have the best goal differential. They're fourth fuse in penalties, number five in faceoffs, number four and five. Uh, we get it. Five we get five it, Corsi. They're scary good, and I, I'm scared for your Sharks because I don't think the Sharks are going to catch Calgary, and I think Sharks are going to get bounced in the first round by the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm here Yikes. to tell you that right now. Yikes. That's a little aggressive. I'm right here today saying Vegas is making another run. Mm-hmm. That's a little aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, but but yet I, truthful. I think, no, I think anything can happen in the playoffs, to be honest, and even a wild card can yeah, be the number one team. So, so whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. But you watched I, I mean, spank the sharks the other night? No, I did not. <laughs> so, but I, I've been following Vegas to know that they are a pretty good team. The one thing is, I think they're better than last year. Yes, I agree. So they look scary good. That's what to, I wrote in our show notes. <laughs> to, to me, like Vegas, and everybody's talking about it. Vegas is going to be the the scary team, if yep. you will. Um, so I'm not I'm not too worried about it. It's just. And, and the chips they, they've never not gone to the final, so that's true. That's true. Hundred so, <laughs> percent. So odds are pretty good they'll yep. go over to the final. Yeah, final. By the way, yeah, sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and looking at the East, by the way, let's talk about Mister Mister Retorts himself. What's going on with that team, John? They're not. They're not <laughs> delivering. Like, they're they're not, looking dicey. Yeah, I mean, there's just four and six in their last ten, and I don't think they're getting like that extra loser point getting three points mm-hmm. when they really need a couple points. So they're yeah. they're going to finish the night still two behind, two points behind Montreal with a game at hand. So, like, certainly they're not out of it. But, the pressure's you know, mounting. Montreal was, last week when we yeah. talked, we we all said Columbus was going to be the team that would yeah. would stay in. Yeah. Just because it feels like they almost have to with the talent that they acquired. But that's not working. Apparently, yeah. talent doesn't mean a whole lot. Does Someone once told me that you don't win the games on paper, John. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Carolina is really surging. So, yeah. Carolina actually has been playing great. I I think they've won six out of their last eight or nine or something like that. And and they've been playing some exciting hockey, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I've, I've watched probably three or four of their games in the last seven days. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah. A lot of fun to watch. There's going to be a lot of interesting hockey coming up here, so make sure to keep an eye on the schedule. Keep an eye. I wrote the, the Wild Wild West thing that we do on NHLToSeattle.com. Really, what I thought was interesting is, like, if you start to look at the teams that are right on the bubble here, these are the teams to watch now. Like, the good the good teams that are out there that are in and secure a spot, like, don't watch them anymore, at least for now. Watch yeah. them when the playoffs start. Focus your, your hockey watching on the Montreals, the Columbuses, the Carolinas, the, the Arizonas that are, you know, fighting for it because that's that's where the um, exciting So happens. I'm pretty sure the plural of Columbus, though, is Columbi. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so there was an exception last week. I don't know if you saw Tampa Bay versus Washington. I saw parts of it. And occasionally you'll get some games like that where the biggest kid on the block is trying to fight the newest kid on the block. Okay. And sometimes sends messages for, for the playoffs to make sure that everybody knows they still have to beat and the Capitals or – Tampa Bay is like Tampa Bay. Everybody's talking about Tampa Bay and like they're going to win. They're going to win. But playoffs, anything can happen. And so then you get like the Capitals come through and they're going to send a message and play like hell to send a message that they can beat them. And there is still one big Pacific game coming up on March 31st in Calgary at San Jose in the uh, how to avoid Vegas sweepstakes. It's not. No. I mean, they've settled. San Jose is in second. They're not. You don't think they can catch them? No, not the way. And San Jose is playing pretty bad. Pavelski's been hurt. And And it's funny. Toronto has been playing horrible. I don't know if you've been following that. And horrible is like an exaggeration, but they just haven't been winning a lot. But you hear about Toronto a lot, but San Jose has been doing it a lot, doing the same thing 
on the West, but nobody talks about it because it's mm-hmm. not based in Toronto. I don't think, you know, they're all settled in. The top three seeds in, in the West are pretty much set. I mean, Vegas could even catch San Jose to get home ice advantage, which I think would be a bigger deal than yeah. anyway, the biggest deal. Like that would that would really suck because Vegas does have a, a nice home ice advantage. Well, it'd suck for the Sharks. Yeah. Yeah. But we're a neutral podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yep. forgot. Yeah. So Never there mind. you go. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get to our interview with Greg Wyshynski. Here it is. now welcome on to Sound of Hockey, a huge guest, the senior NHL writer for ESPN, co-host of two podcasts, Puck Soup and ESPN and Ice with Wyshynski and Kaplan. Uh, by the way, he's easily top two of hosts to be on this show uh, <laughs> from that show. Uh, this is Greg Wyshynski. Greg, welcome to Sound of Hockey. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and. and- Thank you for that uh, warm, uh, warm welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, we had Emily on the on the show in the past, so you know, we want to make sure that we're not slighting anyone. We just want to make sure that you you realize that you're you're easily in the top two. So, um, but hey, you're you're a West Coaster now. So, what do you what do you think about that? You're joining us on the best coast, are you not? Yeah, I am. It's been great so far. My wife uh, got a job out here, so we relocated uh, officially um, earlier this month uh, to the Bay Area, and it's been fun so far. I mean, obviously, (laughs) the one thing I didn't expect uh, uh, from a lot of people in my industry is how crazy jealous they are that (laughs) I'm living out here now and doing this job. And part of it is, you know, the idea of how great it is to live in California. And the other thing is that, you know, you basically get to start covering nighttime games at four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty great to like be on the elliptical in the gym, be able to like watch the first period of a game, um, which I mean, I guess, I guess I could have done that in New York too, but here it's more, I think, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's easier to do. So I had a lot of sort of like shade thrown at me from, my friends in New York and in Boston and being like, Oh man, this job is going to be so much easier now for you that you're living out <laughs> me uh, on the West coast. But again, it doesn't account for having to get up at like, you know, six, six in the morning for radio hits and stuff. So yeah, it all yeah. evens out, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're even interviewing here pretty early in the morning, so we appreciate you doing that. But uh, here's a, a more serious question. So what has uh, podcasting, would you say, what has that done for your career? I feel like that's really been the, the huge launch for you, but um, maybe you have other feelings on that. Um, I, well, I, I think, I mean, I, I still think that, you know, Puck Daddy on Yahoo is a huge launch for me. I think that's sure. what established my voice and established me as a, uh, a guy who can uh, make uh, phallic jokes, but also get, you know, the head of player safety on the phone from the NHL. <laughs> Not quite sure how I swung that, but it worked. <laughs> and then, and then, but, but I think that what podcasting has always done for me is and I think it does this for everybody that's involved in it. Is it just adds so much more depth and nuance, um, not only to your coverage but also for people that enjoy you as a personality. So you know, in having done you know Puck Daddy Radio and then Merrick versus Wyshynski and then now uh, ESPN and Ice and Puck Soup, uh, you know, people know a lot about my life, my my likes and dislikes outside of hockey. Um, you know, with Puck Soup, I'm obviously able to speak in my New Jersey dialect a little bit more than I do on other podcasts. With frequent profanity, and uh, and so I think that it's really helped you know people connect with me and and helped me connect with people um, in a different way than than writing ever could. It's it's a medium that I really love, and 
as sort of an early adopter of it, it it's been great to see how much it's, uh, it's exploded, not only, you know, in, in like realms like true crime and stuff, but also like mm-hmm. the depth of how many hockey podcasts there are now that, you know, cover big topics and, and little topics and have ex-players involved and all sorts of stuff now. It's been really fun to see. Yeah. Um, so what advice do you have for the podcaster that really wants to get his favorite tough guy into the uh, NHL All-Star game? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, my advice is don't do it because it's gotten a hell of a lot harder. Um, but, uh, they uh, no, it's you know from from a sort of a, a general standpoint, the, the, the podcasting thing has never been easier to break into, only because um, the equipment and the wherewithal has gotten so much better. You know, a lot of the interviews that I've done in the last year for both podcasts have just been me holding up an iPhone between myself and the subject and getting audio that's radio quality, which yeah. is pretty incredible. Um, and then, you know, there, there's definitely sort of tricks of the trade to doing it. Uh, but the bottom line is that, I mean, you know, these, the quality of podcasts has gotten so much better and the ability to do them and just throw it out there and, and see what people like. I mean, I love the idea right now that we've got women's hockey podcasts and it's podcasts for every specific team like I said on the, uh, I did the SI Media podcast recently. The one, the one hole in our game, I think, as a hockey podcasting community, is the nostalgic stuff. I, I'm a big fan of the wrestling podcasts that deal with like the 1990s and uh, and and the 1980s. And I don't think there's enough of that about hockey quite yet. I think that's a huge hole, and I think there's an audience for it. I gave Emily this feedback when she was in Seattle a couple months back um, that ESPN, I really like their coverage lately in the last two years. Um, no disrespect to the people, the outstanding writers that were there before, but it's definitely a, a more modern and uh, progressive approach, I think, than, than what's been in the past. But do you still hear the quote unquote ESPN doesn't cover hockey claim? And how do you respond to that? Oh, every day. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and it's, it's such a, it's such a lazy trope to come back with that. If we write something that gets, um, you know, buzz or creates controversy and then the immediate response is ESPN covers hockey. And it's just like, <laughs> um, but you know, my contention was always that, you know, even before I got here, I was very cognizant of the fact that if ESPN doesn't have the rights to a property, they don't usually spend a lot of real estate on television covering that property. It's just how it works. I mean, it's always worked that way. Um, so I never had any you know, delusions about you know, why things happen the way that they happen. Um, and then once I got there, it, it's played out exactly as I thought it would, which is that now that um, we have ESPN Plus and we have hockey games on ESPN Plus every night and they're really good matchups that we get to kind of help curate. Um, we have a nightly highlight show. Like we're getting back into the hockey space on television, and and now because of that, um, the coverage has has definitely sort of increased as far as the promotion of it and stuff for me and Emily and, and Chris Peters and and everybody who works on the digital side, which is great. And you know, there's more. You know, all of us have had pieces in, in ESPN the magazine on hockey and and yada yada yada. So it, it's kind of going the way that I hoped it would go, which is that you know they're creeping back into the, the TV side of things, and then everything else gets lifted up by that. But as far as like it doesn't cover, we don't cover hockey. I mean, it's it, it's. I wish that there was more hockey on like the the roundtable chat shows like around the horn and. PTI and stuff like that. But I mean, the bottom line is that much like for the rest of mainstream sports uh, coverage, unless something extraordinary happens in the NHL, they're probably not talking about it. And extraordinary is a goofy highlight or a big fight or what we had last year, which was the Capitals and Knights going to the cup final. 
And that really was sort of a breakthrough, not only on our station, but on other stations that don't normally cover hockey. Yeah, I think the ESPN Plus is a kind of a hidden gem for hockey fans, that, and sometimes they might not know about it. But you have a lot of college hockey up there as well. Not broadly, but you, you do have some college hockey up there. So I, I think that's just a call out to the our listeners to kind of check it out. And, and now that's kind of wrapping up at the end of the year, maybe check it out next year. But it, it's a pretty it's surprising amount of hockey content up there. So it, it is. And, and yeah. I, if I could just one, one other thing on yeah. that, like not only college hockey and only in the NHL, not only in the crease, the show that Bucci Grassle and Nicole do every night for with that. It's a really good highlight show. Um, but it also has all of the documentary content that they've created right. over the years, yeah. which means that it has like the Gretzky 30 for 30 and, and a few of the other things too. So it's, it's, it's like, you know, everybody has their favorite streaming service and everybody goes down different rabbit holes on said streaming services. Um, this is, this is one that I think that, you know, even if I wasn't working there, I probably would have checked out anyway, just because of the depth of stuff on there as somebody who used to like, you know, troll the depths of ESPN classic and stuff like that to, to watch obscure stuff all the time. Okay. So let's fast forward to the next TV deal. Um, I know you've been, somewhat vocal on or shared your opinions on it before, but if you were at the NHL and trying to determine the next uh, US TV deal, how would you structure it? Well, I mean, in full disclosure, like I obviously have no idea what we have in planned or, or what were our, our, our objectives are in the next TV deal. I mean, the only thing I can say is what I've said for years, which is that the people that I talk to at the level of the Board of Governors want hockey back on ESPN. They just feel it's important to have it there um, and, and in front of that audience. So that's the only thing I know going forward when it comes to sort of our slice of the pie. But, you know, if I was the NHL, I mean, let me, let me just say this, because I, I didn't realize this until yesterday, but the Dallas-Nashville Winter Classic, I think, is going to be on NBCSN next season, which is uh, kind of, I think, the first wow. time that the yeah. Winter Classic has been on the cable side. I'm sure there's some sort of college football, like, <laughs> conflict that they have on NBC, but that's astounding. Like, and it, and it sucks because it's the first one that's sort of the out-of-the-box, not with the Blackhawks or an original six, like, attempt at a winter classic um, and doing it in Dallas. And, and, you know, there was so much excitement about them trying something different, and then they throw it on the cable side. You're just like, oh, and so it's been orphaned a little bit. That's mm. kind of disappointing. But that's neither here nor there. I just needed to get that off my chest. Uh, the, <laughs> the, 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 cable, the cable deal thing or the TV deal thing, I think it's going to be – my two predictions for it are this. The first is that I definitely think that the NHL is going to be on multiple networks. If nothing else, that's the feedback I get from everybody I talk to about this from uh, the, the ownership side and the NHL, which is that they, they look at what MLB and NBA and NFL have done here in the U.S., and they're baffled uh, as to why we cast our lot with one network. And, uh, you know, maybe it's because that's the way it works in Canada. Uh, maybe it's just that's the way that the only way that Batman was going to get to $2 billion on the TV deal to impress everybody. Whatever the case, like, I think it's going to be on multiple networks for sure. Um, the other thing I'll predict is that, uh, you know, the streaming side of things, which we currently have a part of on ESPN Plus, that's going to be the really interesting one because there are so many new sort of startup sports uh, streaming outlets, whether it's uh, Dazen or, or, you know, anybody that's like on an Amazon level that's looking to kind of uh, get properties that uh, have people wanting to sign up for their service and see on an exclusive basis. 
I feel like the NHL is, is ripe for that. I mean, it's a mm. very large and very dedicated uh, viewership um, that will follow the sport where it goes on a streaming platform. So I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see if they parse out the streaming rights to somebody that wants to use the NHL as sort of a, a centerpiece, much, much like we have UFC on, on ESPN Plus, where we grab that property and then grab just a, a ton of subscriptions. I think the NHL could be the same thing for somebody. Yeah, I'm, I've always wondered about the uh, local RSN up here in Seattle, if they would go to a, a more streaming service or at least kind of have that in the plans, a little bit more non-traditional because they're starting from scratch, but who knows? Yeah, it's it's going to be, I mean, the world's changed so dramatically since the last TV deal. I mean, as far as, you know, how people consume stuff and where they consume stuff. I mean, for the first time in my life, you know, to cut the cord is the, the kind of a cliche thing. I mean, we haven't cut the cord necessarily. We, we still have, you know, <laughs> we still have a, a somewhat traditional cable service here. We're using PlayStation View. Right. And, uh, you know, so far so good. I mean, we've been able to uh, get most of the stuff that we like, but there's still stuff that you miss. So it's, it's, it's really, you know, I don't even think PlayStation View is something that was even on the radar when the NHL struck their last TV deal. So it's going to be really interesting to see exactly how they swing it and what their decisions are as far as all of the other options. And not only that, but also all the ways that people now consume uh, their media. Well, and Greg, speaking of consuming media, I've always enjoyed how uh, you suffer no fools on Twitter and aren't aren't shy from uh, (laughs) pushing back at some of the trolls that that come at you. Uh, I'm curious if you feel that, that hockey is more fun with Twitter. Oh God, it's you know life. Well, first of all, life is not not more fun with Twitter. (laughs) Horrible. A horrible place because of Twitter. Uh, I would, I would, I would know significantly fewer neo Nazis were it not for Twitter. So I mean, there's like, there's like a lot of, a lot of like bad uh, to go along with the occasional benefits. But you know, the the fighting online thing. I mean, it would happen regardless if there was Twitter or not. I would, it would happen then on Reddit, or it would happen on a, in a comment section on my stories or whatever. It's just. We, we, I had uh, Katie Baker from um, The Ringer on uh, Puck Soup recently, and, and it's funny because she and I both got into hockey writing the same way, which was arguing on uh, hockey news groups when we were in college. Uh, she was on a Rangers one, and I was on a Devils one. We had no idea who each other was until much later in life when we realized that we were kind of both arguing with each other on a daily <laughs> basis. And so, like, that's where I cut my teeth. And, and so when people ask me, like, why do you get into these myopic petty arguments with people with six followers. I'm like, cause it's all I know. <laughs> like, it's, that's, the, that's the, that's the language of, of fandom and the language of, of, of hockey writing, uh, that I kind of came up with. And it's, I wish it was like a little bit more lighthearted and I wish that people would banter back and I wish it would never get personal or dumb or, or like we talked earlier, how people just go to their default settings of making fun of my employer or, or whatever, you know, it usually does get there. And, and I feel like back <laughs> in the day when I first got on Twitter roundabouts, like 2009, I think it was, it was a different place. And it was a place where a lot of the people that I was sort of writing with in the blogosphere were there and interacting with each other. But I think much like with Facebook, uh, I think a lot of people just don't use Twitter anymore. I think people just got sick of it and, and felt it became really toxic. And, and it's definitely a, an environment that's uh, changed a lot in the last 10 years insofar as people's enjoyment of it and, and, and the use of it as an actual conversation piece versus just being a place where you, you know, hyperbolically promote your stuff. All this time, I had no idea that on that message board, wish 696969 was actually you. <laughs> I I don't know if I ever used Wish's name actually. I don't think I did. 
which which was sort of a name that was was sort of developed uh, i think uh more in my professional life than back in when i was posting on message boards but <laughs> i used to be active on a devil's one i used to go on the hf boards a bit you know back in the day and uh yeah it was fun it was it was pretty cool I still, I still wish I had like a burner account where I could go and on some Reddit threads. <laughs> yeah, wish. I, I, I bet. Think that would I be, bet you wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Lord knows that would be like discovered immediately. Like oh, someone yeah. would have my IP address, <laughs> and then that'd be kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, switching to, to stuff on the ice, uh, I, I enjoyed your piece the other day with Peros and, and how the length of suspensions have been lower. Uh, I really got a kick out of how Tom Wilson is is now reformed. Apparently, do, do you believe that, or do you think do you think a juicy hit in the playoffs will be too hard for him to, to pass up? Uh, man, I do think that the dude still plays on the edge, and mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's really hard for me to swallow the idea that he has been reformed when Peros himself said last season. You know, he got in trouble early. He kept his mm-hmm. nose clean for the entirety of the season. Then the playoffs comes and he lays a controversial hit in each round of the playoffs, including <laughs> one that got him suspended. So, you know, until we get through the postseason, I don't really feel like any of us can say that, we, you know, we can be comfortable in saying he's been reformed. I will say, though, that, you know, the whole point of these suspensions for repeat offenders um, is to change their behavior. And the way you change their behavior is to hold it over their head that, you know, the next one's going to be more significant and the one after that's going to be more significant. So he got it knocked down to 14 games this time, but he knows inherently that the next time he gets suspended for a a hit like the one that we saw last playoff on, on Aston Reese, mm-hmm. it's going to be 25. I mean, it's going to be something extraordinarily larger than that. It's going to cost them games. It's going to cost them money. And, you know, whatever it ends up being, even if the arbitrator knocks it down, it's still going to be a huge hit to him. So I, I do think that there is something to be said for this last suspension being the one that's sort of the harbinger of, of, of bigger, uh, more disastrous suspensions for him. And that maybe that could be a deterrent this time. He's still Tom Wilson, and he's still a guy that I think knows what his role on that team is. And in a big series against someone like Pittsburgh, it's hard for me mm-hmm. to believe that he's not going <laughs> to try to play as close to the edge as possible. When that hit does happen, is there anything worse than just uh, going back to Twitter a little bit? Just the arguments online, you have people slowing down video and, and scrutinizing it every bit. That, that, that just seems to be the worst part of all this. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so much the worst part of all of it. I mean, I think that, that it's actually, in some cases, healthy for us to do that because mm-hmm. um, it shows that we're, we're thinking and, and it shows that we're not simply just looking at something at full speed and saying definitively, well, this is what happened. I, I, I appreciate the nuance. The problem is that a lot of people don't know the rule book. And, yeah. and so they, they look at a play and they, and they see something transpire and, and they see contact with the head and they just assume that that should warrant a suspension when that's not what the rule says. And that's the, the biggest problem I think with, with, with hockey fans when it comes to those sort of video breakdowns, is just simply not understanding what the rules actually are. And, and I'm f- all for changing them if you want, I mean, to make it more of a draconian, any contact with the head saying, you know, to avoid concussions, that's, that's fine. I mean, we just have to, you know, all live with the, the repercussions of that, which is that when, you know, Johnny Gaudreau runs into Zidane Chara, he's going to get a headshot <laughs> because of the size difference. 
And so if we're, if we're okay with that, then, then we can go to that model of, of any contact with the head. But I don't, I don't think that we're all going to be that okay with that. Another story that we've talked a lot about is the Blue Jackets. Uh, they made all those trades, went all in, and they're not quite secure in their playoff spot. Is it more intriguing of a story if they make the playoffs or if they miss the playoffs? It's, it's more intriguing if they miss the playoffs. It's also more depressing if they miss the playoffs. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of these people that really believes that, you know, it's a copycat league and you know, Yarmo Kekalainen going in all in with those trades at its deadline to me was, was inspiring. It was cool to see a GM do that. It was cool to see somebody shoot their shot in a season where, you know, potentially at the end of it, they could lose Duchesne and Panarin and Bobrovsky. So um, I appreciated that. And, and, I, and I, I want fortune to favor the bold. It just doesn't seem like it's come together the way that mm. they, they want it to. Um, so I, the, the interesting thing for me at the end of the year is, and everybody knows I'm not the biggest John Tortorella fan, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, th- that's for various reasons. But one of them is the fact that I think that's a guy, for whatever reason, maybe it's stylistic or systematic or whatever, who tends to coach to the bubble every year. Like he's had a couple mm-hmm. teams that popped for 100 points. He obviously won a cup with Tampa. Um, but in the cap era, like a, a lot of his teams just seem to be in this position where it's a mad scramble to just try to get into the playoffs. It was the case of the Rangers for a lot of years. It was the case of the Blue Jackets for a lot of years. So I do wonder at some point if there isn't a level of scrutiny of, we gave you all of these toys to play with and you broke them. You know, is, is that going to affect his stature and standing with the organization? Because to me, like, it, it's much more plausible that he goes than Kekalainen goes just because you lose three star players to free agency and then you fire the GM and, and now where are you? Like, you're yeah. a huge reset button hit versus allowing him maybe to, to hire one more coach before he loses his job. Okay, so one Seattle question. You know, you were very bullish on Seattle um, when we got the order of the franchise, but I'm wondering if you had one piece of advice to the Seattle franchise on how to launch it. What would it be? What would the advice be? Bullish, bullish is good, right? I always forget. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always forget okay. that too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was very bullish. I was, I was Dave the Blue Ox bullish on, uh, on Seattle getting a franchise. And I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, and, and and really, what fueled it for me was being at the Board of Governors meeting earlier this year and just having everybody I talked to being like, "No, you don't understand. It's going to be like a revenue pipeline. Like they're going to make so much money." I'm like, all right, I'm in on that. Um, the, 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 best, <laughs> the best thing that they can do as a, as a franchise is hope that everybody else in the league hasn't learned their lesson from Vegas <laughs> and still makes dumb trades surrounding the pressure of the expansion draft. Because that's, that's what, I mean, let's, uh, you know, it's become cliche to say it, but that really is the, the whole game for Vegas was the ability to leverage, um, you know, Eric Walla from, from the wild and, and Smith and Marcheseau from Florida and on and on and on. Like that's really what, set them, you know, on a course to, to early success versus what they did in the expansion draft. Um, and then for the fans, I mean, the best advice is to, to realize that maybe Vegas is an anomaly and that like, <laughs> it's not always going to be like that. I mean, they're going to get a lot of good players. No question that the expansion draft is geared towards early success for these teams, um, which is what it should have always been when you're spending that much yeah. money to get into the club, like you should get some benefit for that. And I, I, you know, I look back at some of these absolute dog crap uh, teams that like 
Ottawa had and, and other people <laughs> had in the in the 90s when they got in. And you're just like, what happened? You know, and now you look at what Vegas pulled out of their draft. Like, that's how it should be. And it should be a situation where first year teams can be competitive straight away. So, you know, they should be competitive and, and I hope they're competitive. But, you know, like set the expectations right. I mean, the Vegas thing was a confluence of several different forces mm-hmm. besides the expansion draft that really motivated them to do what they did but you know it's going to be interesting i I, i'm I'm fascinated by who the gm is going to be i'm fascinated by who the coach is going to be and as you uh, know i'm mostly fascinated with what the uh, name is going to be Uh, and so that's going to be you talk about days on twitter when tom wilson wait until you guys are like the totem (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much greg wasinski for joining us but before we let you go can we get you to give us a quick you know for our listeners for the future uh, this is Sidney Crosby, and you're listening to Sound of Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> of course, sorry. That was weird. So, what, is Sound of Hockey is the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty on on brand. That's good. I like that. <laughs> hey, uh, this is um, this is Sidney Crosby, captain of Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to um, Sound of Hockey. Uh, my favorite sound in hockey is hearing the skates of Jake Ensel uh, next to me to know that uh, my perfect passes will be converted into goals. <laughs> All right, huge thanks to Greg Wyshynski for joining Sound of Hockey. That was a lot of fun to talk to him. Obviously, he's a, a legend in the hockey media realm, so I uh, felt like a, a big win to get to talk to him. Yeah, so. and give him a follow on Twitter if you're not already. He's, he's pretty entertaining. Yeah, you probably are following him. Yeah, right? <laughs> you should be. Yeah. Wyshynski, yep. this is Twitter. Yep. Let's move on to our segments. Well... I guess, what are we going to call This isn't really well, goalie gear corner. No, John, we have a new a new segment that I've introduced. Okay, here. all right. So this one's, this is Andy. Wait, so Andy. <clears throat> it's time now <laughs> for goalie diving corner. Okay. We had a strange. You have to listen into the show, John, yeah, when it posts. Right. We had a strange phenomenon this past weekend. It started in Vancouver in the game against the Vancouver Canucks and the Calgary Flames. Uh, Flames goalie Mike Smith went behind the net to play a puck, and Canucks defenseman Alex Edler came down there to play it. They, he barely touched Mike Smith, who then reacted by throwing himself into the air a good two or three feet and throwing his mask yeah. off, and yeah. then getting up, putting his arms out like. What wasn't there a penalty on that? It was it was a great a great dive, uh, pretty pretty epic embellishment. It looked like he got like a cattle prodded or something. <laughs> he did. He just leapt into the air. So there was no penalty called on the play, was there? I don't know. I think Edler might have got a penalty. Okay. I think they might have called goalie interference. I would love to see a goalie embellishment penalty. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Well, Mike Smith would probably lead the league in that. He's kind of known for that kind of those kind of shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. So that was strange. And then the next day, I'm watching the Islanders and the Coyotes play, and Arizona goaltender Darcy Kemper, uh, there's a play in front of the net. The puck goes behind the net, and New York Islander forward Brock Nelson does make a little bit of contact with him, mm-hmm. but there's a, there's like a good beat of, of delay. And then Kemper throws his heart, his hands to his, his head like he'd just been punched hard in the head, and yeah. he falls down. And that was right at the end of a period, and Brock Nelson didn't like that because they kind of got into it. And... And then Kemper kind of gave him the jabbed him with a stick around the linesman and who was trying to separate him. I love so what's going on with these goalies. I there? love when goalies act like they've been like hit with a high stick, <laughs> even though they're the only ones in on the ice wearing a mask. Yeah. Right? That's what at, the Kemper it one was. It was three hilarious. All the time yeah. on, the, on my small ice. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of dirty play out there. There's no referees, John. Maybe you should hire some referees for that thing. <laughs> Ever think about it's that? It's one particular goalie. Oh, you're not talking about me. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> 
So hopefully this isn't a, a new uh, epidemic in the NHL where, where if you come within a foot of a goaltender, they're gonna they're gonna flop onto Goalie the ice. embellishment. I can't mm-hmm. wait. They I were they wait. were pretty epic epic embellishments. Uh, two days in a row. I just it, it, it caught my fancy, as they say. All right. So that was goalie diving corner. Yep. Interesting. Uh, we also <laughs> <laughs> keep we that have, straight. Yeah, it's been a little while uh, since we've had one of these, but we have a get off my lawn, and this one is also Andy. Yeah, this Andy's is me pretty, too. So Andy's rambunctious this week. Andy is I'm fired up. up. Yeah, fired up. Uh, it's a playoffs. That's yeah, what happens. Play, yeah. Play Playoff intensity. I got my playoff beard going. <laughs> in L.A. this past week, you may have seen this on Twitter if, if you're following anybody on Twitter. Ron Burgundy from Anchorman fame, also known as Will Ferrell, uh-huh. showed up on the L.A. Kings broadcast in character and did his shtick throughout the Kings game. He kissed a burrito. He did other kinds of buffoonery, and I'm, ti- I'm tired of it. Oh, Now, it was slightly amusing, but... If I'm an L.A. Kings fan, which thankfully I'm not with the season they're having, but if I was an L.A. Kings fan, I would find this distracting and annoying because this is about the third or fourth celebrity they've had come on the broadcast. And it's distracting. They're talking. They're doing their their bit over the gameplay. And, they're, and the, you're not really as hard to follow what's happening on the gameplay. Let's end it right here. No more celebrity, you know, coming on and, and promoting their – I think Ron Burgundy has a podcast now. That's what he's on there to promote, you know. And people who have podcasts are the worst type of people. Yeah, so. true. Yeah, I know. Podcasters, those <laughs> yeah. guys. We don't want to see Especially them on, on TV. Just a bunch of dorks yeah. in the basement. I'm over the celebrity guest announcer, whatever you want to call it. Let's just let's just stick to the guys who know what they're talking about and, and enjoy Sound hockey. hockey. Sound yeah. of hockey. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Sound of hockey. And let's just enjoy the game. Uh-huh. Okay. This reminds me a lot of Team Puppies, though. Because these, <laughs> it's a distraction. You're it's right. A distraction tactic. Like the Kings are not good. I think if they were in like a, a serious playoff well, battle right now, I don't think they'd probably well, have run. I don't, wait, I don't remember them. I don't sec. remember them doing this as often before when sec. they were good. Who was the the team that got the puppy that you were really kind of St. Louis Blues? Oh, yeah, it was interesting. Blues. Yeah. Interesting. Well, well where they, are they right now? Yeah, I know they're in. Is the it looking, it's not working for the Kings. Although they did beat the Sharks the other night. Mm. So. <laughs> I, With Ron they, Burgundy, they didn't get a puppy. I don't know if that was the same. They didn't get, get a puppy. Although, but I think they've only had two guest announcers. Who? That's the right. Kings? Because, yeah. No, well, no, no, no. The, uh, Thomas Middleditch was also on there. We didn't talk about oh, that. Oh, that's right. We haven't talked that's about right. all the celebrity. Right. We talked about Snoop and, and all right. So, Thomas Middleditch. Yeah. Middle is it Middle Hitch? Middle Ditch? The, the guy, guy from, from uh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. The, oh, okay. the, the nerd. Got it. Okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Anyway, get off my lawn, Ron Burgundy. And L.A. Kings, get off my lawn. Uh, Which wounds me to my core because I grew up in LA and that was the first NHL game I went to. That's part of the problem. Okay. Right there. (laughs) All right. I've learned a lot this evening. Let's move on to our weekly one-timers. I do feel better now, by the way, getting that off my chest. Good, good. I'm glad. Thank you. (laughs) That's, I guess, the intent. (laughs) Our first weekly one-timer. We spoke... Sorry. We spoke... (laughs) We spoke briefly about the Tampa Bay Lightning and just how good they are. Well, they did, since we recorded last, clinch the President's Trophy, which, of course, is given to the NHL team with the best record. They still had, what, 10 games left to play when they clinched this? As of today, they're at, I think, 120 points, which is absolutely absurd, and they still have six games left to play. So this team is unbelievable. It is absolutely their Stanley Cup to lose, and I really hate saying that, but they're probably going to lose the Stanley Cup. Because the president's trophy is kind of a curse. Yes, correct. But it's it's just crazy. I mean, there's so much. (laughs) A curse or they usually don't win. Right. 
<laughs> well, what's the difference? <laughs> but how do you? I mean, how do you bet against Tampa Bay at this you point? Can't. Like, you can't. Be they foolish, have been. Yeah. Unbelievable! Their roster is so stacked from top to bottom. Great goal but, but you know, there's some like uh, sports radio jock like in Boston or somewhere who's already like, "Oh, the Bruins are going to do but it." But that's the, just it. The Bruins could they theoretically could. beat them, like, and and it could happen pretty early on. I mean, it's just man, Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, anything that's the second time John said that. It anything can happen. A, yeah. That's true. You know, John, you looked at me like I'm a crazy person when I said it was Tampa Bay's. Uh, Stanley Cup I, to lose. Yeah, what's up with that? I would take the field over Tampa Bay. Whoa. Wouldn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, because you have 15 choices. <laughs> well, you, no, but but you're saying it's theirs to lose. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm just saying, like, it's harder to win. I think that they're your safest bet, though. Oh, I'm sure they're the odds-on favorite, yeah. but that doesn't mean that it's theirs to lose. Okay, fine. Anyway. <laughs> Am I being difficult tonight? Totally difficult. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah everything has, a, like, a very well-thought-out counterpoint, <laughs> and I don't like that. That's not the point of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's the big sense. All right. Idiots out yelling at the clouds is what we are, essentially. So, Louis Domingue, though, their backup goalie, you know, obviously everyone's been talking about the surge, but there's this pretty funny video that was put out of Louis Domingue rolling into the into the lightning locker room, riding like a mini bike scooter. With his, with his goalie pads on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Like he was taking corners with yep. his goalie pads. Yeah, it yeah. Was awesome. And he had actually switched his helmet to like an actual motorcycle, motorcycle helmet. helmet. Yeah, yeah that, was, that was good stuff. Anyway, uh, by the way, the surge. I wasn't a big. I wasn't big on the basketball one. I still like that they do it, but that basketball one, I was like, eh. Now they're bringing in like props, yeah. and they have the game ops thing. Did you see they did like duck hunt the a duck few hunt. weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, on the, yeah. On the yeah. big screen, well, they, and they did a fishing one today with rope. <sighs> How did they? Yeah, it's getting to be a little much. I, you know. The pressure's on them now. Like it has to get bigger. You've been saying that for a while, though. It has to get bigger and bigger. And then, is, is there an end game here? Does it carry on to next season? If they There's win the Stanley, question. if they win the Stanley Cup, what kind of surge are they going to do with the cup? Uh, I'd say they like skate around, skate around with like, it, it on their head and yeah. pass it off to each other. <laughs> that would be wacky. <laughs> that would be what a bunch of jerks. I really think that's a good question, though. Do you think they do it next year? I the off season might be a time to retire it. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think it brings fans. I think the ownership loves it because it's getting people to talk about the hurricanes. But like all things, people are going to start getting tired of it. But do you remember the first one? Like it, it was, was so literally simple. like they just ran, they skated down the end of the ice. They just ran into the glass. Like I thought, if they did that, that every fine. time, that yeah. would have been awesome. Yeah, right. And, and, they, and looked, they all looked really like nervous doing it. Like I yeah. don't know, we're going to just yeah. go skate. You know what's interesting though is we talked about the Canadian media has always been a little little lukewarm to this. What at best? But I was watching Carolina, uh, Montreal at Carolina today, and I was watching the Montreal feed, and the, the announcers were raving about how great the surge was. Yeah, I think it's certain Canadian yeah. people mm-hmm. are against it. Yeah. Our next weekly one-timer. Whoops. Speaking of lukewarm Canadian media. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, <laughs> technically, he's American, but he's on he's Canadian on TV. Canadian yeah. TV. So no, Brian Burke uh, had an interesting argument here that the World Cup, not the Olympics, is the future of international hockey. <laughs> That's a bad thing. So, but the point he was trying to make, which I understand a little bit, is that if you look at other sports, like soccer, Olympic soccer, like nobody baseball. cares about. Not baseball, but soccer and rugby are the two I think he mentioned. And those, the World Cups and those are the bigger events. But the Olympic hockey has been so ingrained in us for so long that I think it's going to take a while before that would change. I think they're it's apples and oranges. The World Cup in soccer, there's way more teams that can And they've been doing that for team. a thousand years or whatever it's Yeah, been. but there's way more yeah. – countries that can put a team True. together and there's this whole qualification yep. period yep. and then it's over i don't know is it over and like two months right yeah it's very when long, are you going to yeah. do that yeah. with hockey and, and you're rugby not gonna, is very similar i mean i understand what he's trying to say like yeah there might be an opportunity for it mm-hmm. but but it's going to take a while before it gets there yeah i mean people are not going to stop 
yearning to see the NHL in the Olympics. Correct. And when you only <laughs> have like four, maybe five teams that can win it. Yep. No. It's not going to happen. Well, remember the last time they had to, they had to invent two different teams that that team Europe for all to the be competitive teams. Yeah, right? and then like, that that North American team with all the young players, right. which was awesome. Which it was, was they, they were good. Yeah. <laughs> but then you think McDavid wouldn't want to play? I on, think he'd rather play for Canada. Yeah. Yeah. It will, and if they had another one, four he years, would be on Canada. He would have been yeah. no. He would have been Team North America still. Wow. Or maybe Austin Matthews. No, but they have been. to put they have they would have to put him on Team Canada. But the point is, like, it's yeah. a gimmick, right? Yep. So bad take. By Mr. Burke, I think he's either, which is rare for him to have a bad take. Yeah, I like him actually more than other Canadian who are lukewarm Canadians. Yeah, yeah, lukewarm. We're actually Americans. Our <laughs> next weekly one timer, <laughs> friend of the podcast, Gritty has <laughs> friend of the podcast. Huh? Has, People don't know that he's not been on here. He doesn't talk. Yeah, so that's right. He's, he's right, right, right here here. right now. <laughs> Gritty, well, stop I, that! I sense his presence. That's for sure. <laughs> The players have spoken, and he has been named the best mascot in the NHL. So this was the NHLPA players poll they did. They asked other, a bunch of other more relevant questions, but this was the one that stood out to me because Gritty is something we talk about a lot here. I wonder, though, like if you're a player, how off, how much time do you spend looking at mascots? And the, he's the one who's in the news, and so mm-hmm. I could see like they get this question like, I don't know, Gritty, I hear about that guy a lot. He and he's got this. all these like kind of mm-hmm. dirty tactics. I wonder how many of them were threatened to that's you know, true. Vote for him. And but this but thought. what I love about this is there's already other mascots who seem to be a little bit out of shape. Like the LA Kings mascot. Bailey. Yeah, has been like angry about Gritty from day one, accusing him of stealing other mascots' bits. This only, I think, intensifies that. So I was kind of happy to see that just because I, I nothing better than mascots feuding. Very true. Our next <laughs> nothing better than than nothing, nothing better in life than that. <laughs> One timer, <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins, who they you know they played in their stadium series uniforms a couple times after the stadium series. These are the ones that we talked about a few episodes ago, where they're just black and yellow, which is kind of cool. But then on the helmet, they had that stupid huge logo, which I think John said he liked. Yeah, which Ugh. is weird. Yeah, talk about bad takes. <laughs> but so I think they lost every game that they wore these uniforms. So the uh, equipment manager tweeted out a picture of them gathering up all this equipment, and they were just like, "That's it." We're done. We're not going to use it anymore. (laughs) Interestingly, this is not the first time the Pittsburgh Penguins have actually done this. Do you guys remember those powder blue uniforms that they wore in the, I think it was the first Winter Classic? After that game, then they lost all the time when they wore those. They stopped wearing (laughs) them. So funny. I I love that kind of superstition. And and even at the NHL level, right? They're like, oh, we can't win in these uniforms. So we got to get rid of these. (laughs) That's kind of crazy. There's a lot of crazy superstitions in hockey. Hockey players are very odd. That is true. Our final weekly one-timer. So Montreal and Carolina played against each other on Sunday, and it actually was the first game ever that was broadcast in the language of Cree. Yep, which is the First Nations uh, tribe up in, in Canada. So there's a lot of Cree players. Like I, I watched some of this. So it was part of it was in conjunction with Sportsnet's hometown hockey that they do every Sunday, where they actually go out for their studio shows or out in location. And they were out at a Cree reserve. Uh, I forget where exactly it was, but uh, so they had the game being broadcast on the Cree. There's a Cree sports network or a network, and uh, pretty interesting to see. There have been some Cree players who have made it to the NHL. Most notable is Jonathan Chichu. They did a nice feature on him. You know, he came up from some pretty humble beginnings and uh, ended up 
what leading the NHL in goal scorer one year with the Sharks. He scored From like fifty four. Moose Factory, yeah, by Moose the way. Factory, and that's they they talk a lot about Moose Factory, and you know it, it's interesting that that hockey is such a big thing up there, especially with the, with the, the First Nation uh, folks uh, in Canada, and you know we we've seen a couple of those come through here. Former Thunderbird Ethan Bear was was Ojapawe First Nation, and current Thunderbird goalie uh, Roddy Ross is Cree, and he his goalie mask features that it has uh, feathers and insignia, and he's proud of that. He talked about that he wanted that on there, so it's a really fascinating uh, part of the Canadian culture that is, is kind of not in the forefront. So it was interesting. It was cool to see that that, that get promoted uh, the way it did by Sportsnet tonight. Yeah, and I saw that John Shabbat, who used to play for the Red Wings, was the one who was actually doing the yeah. broadcasting. He's he's Cree himself, obviously. So yep. um, so he speaks the language. So he did the uh, the broadcast in in the native tongue, which I think is it's just really so cool. cool. Yeah, yeah really, awesome. really cool. Let's move on to games on the radar to close up the show. I'm going to go first on this one. The NCAA tournament. We talked about it earlier. So those games start on Friday, March 29th. Like we said, you'll be able to, I I believe, watch most of them on ESPNU. They start kind of mid-afternoon and then they just run all evening for uh, at least for Friday and Saturday. So just buckle up, sit down, watch those games. They're they're really fun. I mean, the teams play with so much emotion this time of year. So uh, really interesting. Can we say this is the true March Madness? The true March Madness. That's (laughs) right. Uh, Andy, what do you have for game on the radar? So my game on the radar is third. Thursday, March 28th at 4 o'clock our time. It is uh, Les Canadiens, the men's version, uh-huh. at Les Jackets de Bleu. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, a nice matchup. Both those teams are fighting for that last playoff spot in the Eastern Conference, so that should be a pretty good intense uh, a game going there. And John? So I've got one team, two games. Oh, yeah. so games so on a the double, radar. Okay. A double, yeah. double down. on the radar, uh-huh. but Arizona Coyotes falling off a little bit. And they're pretty much kind of holding on for dear life. But they've got two major games coming up this coming weekend. Friday the 29th, they actually play against the Avs, who are also in a playoff spot. So Fighting. Fighting. The Previously Fighting Avs. Previously mentioned on the, on the podcast. That's mm-hmm. right. You've and heard then, of them here. And then <laughs> like Sunday the 31st, they're playing the the Wild of Minnesota. Oh, I've so heard of them. Also, Wild Day Minnesota? Yeah, <laughs> Wild Day Minnesota. <laughs> Those are make or break for Arizona. Like, we'll have a good idea. Yeah. What that race looks like, and make or break for the other two teams. That's as well. right. That's yeah. right. Unless it works out where Arizona wins them both and gets a point, and then all of a sudden everybody's tied. No, who knows? You know what? You should just watch them. Just watch yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. See what happens. If you don't, it's your loss. Yeah. This wraps up episode twenty nine, <laughs> the Felix Potvin episode. We have lots more goalie named episodes coming over the next few weeks. Make sure to please do leave us a review. We haven't had one for two weeks. What's going on? We said, you know, what happens when people are uh, shy. Yeah, we get two more where we're going to be at. It's going to be nice. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and see us next week for, for episode 30. Thanks so much.